Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bears Nation Podcast, powered by ONTAP Sports Network. All the guys in there are, are sick to their stomachs, but we also know it's the first game and we got to get better. Once this gets over, we got to move to Tampa Bay. Bears Nation. We left a lot of plays out there on offense and on defense. We didn't bring the juice and hype to the party. We got punched in our face, you know what I mean? Look, it hurts. We didn't expect this to happen. It sucks. Nobody's in good spirits. Each man got to look himself in the mirror individually and see what he got to get better at. We got to go back to the drawing board. We can't blink an eye. We got Tampa. We got to go. This one hurts. Got to be able to regroup here. Tampa will be here before you know it. It's the Bears Nation Podcast. We've got to get through to Chicago. Here's your host, Kevin Lapp. And Jake Hassan. Don't lose faith, guys. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. All right, welcome in. It is Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, September 13th. And after a long and arduous and terrible recovery process from the last 72 hours, we are ready to preview week two. <laughs> Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always with Kevin Lapka, brought to you by ONTAP Sports Net. And we kind of started to get into this game a little bit on Monday as we are doing our grieving and our burying of the Bears. Um, but now we're going to get right into it. We're going to dip, break down the Bears week two game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay against Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, are one and oh and beat the Minnesota Vikings. By the way, you are also oh and one. You lost horrifically to your rival. Um, Kevin Lapka, how are we doing? We're good. The question I have for you are is we? like, yeah, we're okay. We are. We are. Okay is better. <laughs> the energy is up a little bit more than it was the last time. I'm feeling a little bit better, right? You go back, you watch some film, you read over some things, and you find some ways that this can be rectified. But the question I have for you is like, what percent over are you from last Sunday? Like, are you like not uh, there at all? Like zero to a hundred, like a hundred being like completely over it. What percent over are you? Well, I um, think that def- depends on your definition of what over it means. Like, like, like you're ready to like move on and, and win this game and see that this could be a one and one team after, you know, Sunday. I'm willing to hear the argument that this could be a one and one team. Do I still have concerns from week one though? Am I still feeling like not great about the state of the team? Yeah, like I'm not just going to go fly into week two and be like, yep, here we go. All right, we're back. You know what? Whatever. You know, that was uh, that that was an uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, An anomaly. There we go. There you go. Well done. Thank you. Week one was an anomaly. You know, I'm not going to say that, like, because there are real concerns. It could be. Like you said this on Monday, like we could be three, four weeks from now and say that week one was an anomaly. Maybe Luke Getze gets his head out of his ass and there's an, a distinct evolution and step forward for the passing game. Maybe, but right now, 
as we sit here on Wednesday the 13th, you know, still three days, three days, four days, whatever, however you want to count it, before the week two game, before you can even attempt to get to week, to one and one, I, I still have concerns. Yeah. How I mean, over it are you? Um, You're 100% over no, it. No, I'm not 100% okay. over it. Like I said, like I can't walk it back. It has to linger. Sure. It has to linger a little bit, and it will linger, especially because you don't see this team until week 17 and 2. Uh, well, technically week 18, but the 17th game of the season uh, in January. Like that, like your opportunity, like if you win a couple of games, right? If you go on a little streak, say they won four in a row, like probably won't happen because of the Chiefs game. But other than that, there's a lot of winnable games in the other portion of the schedule. Say you were like five and two by week seven. Like I think that at that point, a lot of Bears fans are going to be like, all right, give us the Packers again. Like we figured things out. Like let's see this team again. I have a feeling Jordan Love probably is going to struggle a little bit more than what he did on Sunday in these next couple of games that they have. Um, so that's, the part that makes me think that it's going to linger a little bit just because you don't see that team for a while. But, like, again, like, going through everything, like, I think there's a lot of things here that are fixable, like, and easily fixable, and that's what we're going to walk through today. Like, there is ways that they can come out on Sunday and look like a completely different team in a lot of facets, and there's ways to fix that. Um, We don't know if they're going to fix that. We don't know if they're going to do that. God, we pray that they do, Um, and that's why we say that this game is arguably more significant to our valuation of the team than last week, but I think there's a lot of ways that things uh, can be rectified, and, you know, I'm standing up right now in the studio if you're watching on, on YouTube because I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. I'm ready for another week. Like, I just can't... I, I can't accept that, like, this season is chalk after one week. Like, I can't... Ex- <laughs> like, I get so excited for Sundays. I, I, I amped this team up for so long this offseason. And it's not even To be even fair, you that. weren't the only one. I wasn't the only one. It's not even just that. It's like, when you go to bed on Saturday night, you want to be excited for what's possible on Sunday morning for the bit, right? Sure. Like, like just naturally as a, as a fan of the team, like you look forward to the games. Like, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, you know, the Bears got to play on because that's how it felt last year when you were in the midst of a ten game losing streak and you knew you were gonna you were gonna lose and you were intentionally losing. You're kind of like, well, what were you watching for? Like, you were still right. watching for Fields, but that didn't make you that excited. Like, I want to be able, and I want everyone who's listening to this to be able to go to bed on Saturday night and think. There is a chance we see a different team on Sunday against the Buccaneers, and we see a team that is what we thought they would be for the entirety of the offseason. So that's what we're here to do. Well, that's what I'm here to I, do. I you, can't. on the other hand, are going to be like, no, go to bed. It doesn't I, matter. They're going to lose on Sunday. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you feel. This is such a distinct turn. I, I This is such a distinct flip in Kevin Lapka's just tone, attitude, inflection from 48 hours ago and it's really really funny to be honest but that's what you're on this podcast do. that's always been your thing and that's why we love you um okay i mean should i just let you go should i just let should i just let you cook right now i mean and and get started no there's just there's just too much to if you let me cook i won't stop you know what i mean i'll just you won't get an opportunity all right where would you you like to start then where would you like Um, to start let's start with I'll start with Justin Fields here, and not even into the X's and O's. I just want to say one like this is what needs to happen with Justin Fields on Sunday. Obviously, a lot of different things as far as you know, hitting open receivers, and everyone's watching the tape breakdowns, and oh, DJ Moore is open on the corner route, and he took the check down. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Sure, we, we can get into that. Justin Fields from the first play of the game needs to be a tone setter. Justin Fields is a player who, you know, throughout college at Ohio State, throughout his first few years in the NFL. 
He's always been a player who's been very good at handling pressure. He's been a player who's been calm, cool, and collected in the highest of moments, the national championship, you know, the, you know, the biggest, Ohio State, Michigan, right? You know, Sunday night football, whatever. It doesn't matter. Justin Fields has always been a player who doesn't really crack under pressure. He's always been calm, cool, and collected, and he kind of gives off that energy to the rest of the team. He says, hey, no moment's too big. We're going to kind of just play our game and, and not do too much, it feels like, right? Like, you're just going to do our thing. Reject that mentality <laughs> on Sunday. You're playing the Buccaneers. It's a noon kickoff. This isn't the biggest moment in the world. Like, go out there and be a freaking tone setter. Like, take that first play of the game, four verticals shot down the field. I don't care if it's intercepted. I don't care what happens. You have an opportunity to draw pass interference on that play. You have an opportunity to push the safeties back on defense, something you didn't do at all on Sunday. First play of the game, he should go up to Luke Getze and say, we're taking a deep shot to Darnell Mooney. We're taking a deep shot to Tyler Scott, maybe a guy who kind of you know <laughs> surprised the defense. Well, that's a, that's a tr- like it, it's ob- like they have some decent you know corners on on Tampa. Like if you're having Carlton Davis lined up man to man on DJ Moore, you know I don't know like that's a decent cornerback. But if you just say hey Tyler Scott, no one's expecting that guy to go. You know, <laughs> bottom line. All right, I don't know why you're laughing. All right, because it's, let let me cook. <laughs> just go, going to Tyler Scott talk. Well, why and, not? And get, and I said that week one. For, but first play of the game as like uh. your redemption play to get back in the win yeah. column is just it's so Kevin Lapkin. It's very funny. Oh, anyway, please. continue. This is you're ridiculous. This is what you got to do. You got to find different ways to win. It didn't work last week. Tyler Scott had what like one reception. Why not? You know this is what good teams do. Xavier Gibson, undrafted rookie for the Jets, won them the game on Monday Night Football. What's wrong Fair. with using? A little rookie action. Anyway, I saw a clip of I, I saw a clip of Derek Carr this weekend talking to I don't even know who the offensive coordinator in New Orleans is anymore, but he was talking to the offensive coordinator. They were up one with two minutes left in the game. They had seen something they liked. He goes up to the offensive coordinator and says, "We're doing we're, we're running a go out to Rashid Shahid to win the game." We I, I saw something I like, and he goes up to Rashid. He says, "Just just go, just run, just go." They run the play. He out. He uh, he beats his guy in man coverage. Throws a dot. Titan or Saints win. You know they, it seals the game. I want Justin Fields to go up to Luke Getzey and say, you know, Darnell Mooney, DJ Moore, Tyler Scott, whoever it may be, running a go. Go up to that player, Tom. We're running a go. First play of the game. We're gonna set the freaking tone against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and just boom. The entirety, the entire tone of the game is different. And I went back and watched the tape, and then we'll throw it to you here. I honestly believe, Jake. If they get the first down on the first possession, I don't want to say they win the game, but it is a drastically different game. Like, when you have two plays, with you only had to get one yard, and they run that dumbass Colcomet QB sneak, and then they run the other sneak where Fields tries to jump over the pile, that killed everything. Yeah, I said that on Monday. Yeah, I mean, th- and throughout the week, I just kept thinking about how how loud that stadium was. I mean, it was loud. Yeah. I mean, I had to listen on the radio for the first couple of plays of the game, come back from a baseball game, and like I could barely hear Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Yeah. And like once I got back home and watched the TV, I was like, "This is astonishing!" Like I haven't heard it this loud in a while. You can't kill that momentum. There's going to be a lot of Bears fans down in Tampa. They have to score first drive. They have to set the tone. And whether it's Tyler Scott or Cole, <laughs> I don't care who it is. Bayless, oh, get Bayless. No, I'm just oh, that guy. We won't bring out there, but. Do you agree? Like, that feels necessary. It feels necessary to prove that you've heard the criticisms and that you're willing to adapt. Something that stood out to me, and I think it was Adam Johns, the athletic, had written his post-game, you know, article, and it said it remind the offense reminded him 
of what it was weeks one through six last year, where you weren't moving the pocket, you weren't doing design runs, you weren't giving Fields the access to the offense he needed to succeed, which I would agree with. I mean, the screen passes are a big part of that, and that's a huge part uh, of what the criticisms were up until week seven of the season last year, that you weren't doing things that fit Justin Fields' skill set. So I do agree. I think that you have to have a plan to come out firing and come out strong and make a statement because if you don't like if you're choo- then then that that's going to remind you of each of the last two regimes where it seems like the coaching staffs just kind of put on horse blinders, put on earmuffs and they said, "Nope, we're not going to listen to anything else. We're going to keep just banging our heads against the wall and trying what we think for our system despite the quarterback." And what really again looked like for weeks 1 through 6 last season too. So you have to prove that you're still willing to adapt and you're still willing to mold everything around your quarterback and his strengths. And so yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, if this game open, I have a horrible feeling. Like what happens if this game starts, let's say the Bears get the ball first, like, and it's screen pass to start. What happens? <laughs> um, like, that's going to be the most difficult because that is flashbacks to, like I said, each of the last two regimes where it's like, nope, we're just going to keep trying it, yeah. and we're just going to keep trying it until it works or until we get fired. And guess what happened to each of the last two regimes? Yeah, everybody got fired. So, like, I, I mean, that's going to be very concerning to me, like almost to the point where I'm expecting it. Of first offensive play of the game is a screen pass. I'm almost expecting it. I mean, I, I would say, but would you already argue that after like one year and one game of this regime and this offensive staff that they've shown a little bit more ability to adapt game to game than the previous? Like, it's hard to say because we, you're right. Like, we didn't really see that until week seven last year, but we did see it at some point. Right. Whereas in the first regime, we never, like, it was nothing. Um, it fears me a little bit. I actually have it written in my note: no screen passes until the second quarter. Like, I, I, how about I, it all? I, I mean, because there's a like there's a time and place for a good screen play. Like, it's I a guess. very good play to run if you set it up correctly. I mean, the 49ers expose teams on a weekly basis sure. with screen passes. They just don't do it every play and on the first drive. But yeah, it fears me a little bit. But I have more faith. I have more faith that this regime is more capable of adapting than the previous. That's fair. I mean, that's completely fair. And I mean, we'll see what happens. It's it's a big prove it game. Oh, yeah, like, it is. It's, and I know we said that about week one, too, but it's a big like prove you can bounce back, prove you can adapt, prove that you can make adjustments. And if you don't, excuse me, like if you lose to, to Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield, I mean, it's not good. It's not going to be good. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't lose. You can't. I don't want to even call it a must win game, but that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, like agree. that's what it is. Like it. Like it, you can go through the stats of te- you know teams making the playoffs at their own too. Like I don't know. I I wouldn't even be. I I wouldn't even want to be in a place to do that though. At that point, you know what I mean. Like you're gonna do it if that happens I because that's what it. you always do. do you will but do like, it. You'll tweet it. I, I'll probably tweet it. Yeah. But uh, you got to win this game. This is a must-win game, and that's why I say you got to set the tone. Like you j- just from the jump, man. Like you cannot let them dictate the pace of this game, especially a team like that with Baker Mayfield and, and, and the type of team that they have and the expectations around them. And sort of like you know, it, it was weird because there was a lot of Bears players who were talking about sort of this idea that they needed what happened on Sunday. 
almost in reference to like all the hype in the offseason. Had to be humbled. Right. Which is like ridiculous because you won yeah. three games last year, but to an it's extent, it is logical. Like, and we talked about our fear about that, right? Like, sure. Didn't we mention that? Like, can the team, can Fields, like, live up to the pressure and the expectations yep. of MVP candidate and potential, like, you know, division sleepers? You at, did bring that you know, up. All, yeah. all that I stuff. I think you brought it up in our season preview. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe there's truth to that. Like, maybe the players really did see it that way. And at home against Green Bay without Rodgers, like, they were riding their high horse and thought they could, you know, win this game with ease and kind of got, you know, surprised a little bit. Maybe that's true. And that's not acceptable. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's not an excuse for that. That's unacceptable. But maybe that's just the the objective reality of it. And now, you know, you got humbled. You move on and, and you play from uh, an underdog mentality. Now, they're three-point underdogs in this game. Um, which, which flipped. Is, it, it flipped. It started at three-point favorites and everyone's like what are you doing putting money on the uh the buccaneers and, and it's changed so that's actually a really good spot to bet the bears honestly <laughs> like when you think about week one overreactions and and, and sure. stuff like perfect spot to bet the bears uh, especially because the vikings are like a prime team for regression like the Which buccaneers winning wasn't like a shocking um revelation but yeah man set the tone don't don't like you can't let the buccaneers dictate the pace of this game you just can't do it do you think we're going to be able to see it Almost right away because, and people have been on Twitter. I mean, Brian Baldinger, a couple other, you know, got like people who go on Twitter and break things, these things down. A lot of people crushing, not even, and we talked about this guy a little bit on Monday, like, but other players, Chase Claypool and others, though, like sleepwalking through the game. Chase Claypool was the most egregious by far. But there were other players pointed out that they're kind of just like going through the motions. It almost feels like the outcome, and I say almost, like this obviously is not true, but it almost feels like you'll be able to see how this game is going to go leading up to the game. And if like these players seem to have more of a sense of urgency and like they actually like care more, there's of course the bears as an organization are going to go put fields up there and like put DJ Moore up there and Tremaine Edmonds and TJ was and the guys who like obviously care and obviously who are like faces of your team and who are going to kind of go for that. Like, yeah, of course we're motivated. Yeah. We've been working on it all day. They're not going to put chase Claypool up there. They're not going to put, you know, Andrew Billings up there. They're going to put the guys that they know will show a positive side of the team. But I feel like the first couple plays, if not even before the game, you'll be able to tell from like body language, player attitude, like how this is going to go. The first couple plays of the game, you think? I mean, I, I, I mean that you're not. I mean, yes, yes, yes. That's why I'm saying you got to, you know, set the right. tone and and like hand in hand. It's 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 not just you, what you're talking about is. Like, good football teams and teams that win, like, 100% effort at every single level, man. Like, it wasn't just Claypool, like, being non-existent in the receiving game. It's he was getting blown up by cornerbacks far smaller than him on blocking plays that are significant. And then you get guys blown up, um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage because Claypool can't block. It's like it's like every effort at every single position from the jump. Maximum effort from the jump. Like, no easing into it. I think that's what you're referencing. Um, and 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 that you need to see that. And it's hard to really see that with offensive linemen. You can't really tell if they're just bad or if they're actually not giving a shit. You know what I mean? But with receivers and, and with running backs and with your quarterback, like, it's very obvious. Like, it, it only takes the eye test for that from even people like us who are watching from their couch, um, you know, thousands of miles away. Like, you, you can tell. Um, so, yes, I agree with you like it has to happen at every level and chase claypool man like that's a like that's not your, great it's not it's not great and it almost feels like we know matt eberflus is like like let's go back to his first couple months with the team 
loafs, the hits principle, mm-hmm. things we haven't really talked about in a while. Like what Chase Claypool did and what some of the other players on the team did on Sunday, like completely went against everything that Matt Eberflus stands for. So if that's the case, like if you want to live and die on the hits principle and you want to live and die on loafs, then he shouldn't be active on Sunday. Like I and 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 I know there's some people who disagree with that, but guy was non-existent in the past game. Like if you're if you're making Chase Claypool inactive to make Equinemius St. Brown active as a pass blocker, uh, and a blocker in the run game and a blocker in the receiving game. Yeah, that's a trade-off I'd make, especially after the way Claypool played. Like, and it sets a it sends a message. Like, that doesn't mean they're gonna cut Claypool. That doesn't mean they're gonna trade him. Although I think that that would be an interesting exploration. But it sends a message that says, "Hey, like, unacceptable. Sit your ass on the bench for a week. If you want to play in this league, you're in a contract year, buddy. Yep. You know that you're in a contract year. You can't afford to not play a game. You can't afford to be inactive when you're trying to make millions of dollars in a competitive league. So." Maybe they send a message and make him inactive and make Equinemius St. Brown active or something like that. Who knows? Um, but I agree with you. It has to happen at every level from the start. Defensively, too. We don't know if they're going to get the ball first. They Tampa Bay right. can very well get the ball first, and you have to set the tone defensively. Send the dog. Send the blitz. Do something, right? Even if it's without Kyler Gordon. So uh, I am 100% in on that. Which we should talk about that. Uh, Kyler Gordon, hand injury. Still no updates to my knowledge. He's not going to play. It doesn't seem like he's going to play. Uh, it's hand was heavily wrapped after the game. Eberflus was very ambiguous about his comments regarding Gordon after the game. I mean, we talked about this and before the season, like injuries, just how you're built as a team. You're not particularly deep at any position except maybe linebacker, but like you're, you're not particularly deep anywhere where you can get away with this, especially Kyler Gordon, a guy who you were expecting to break out. Now it's Baker Mayfield and it's the Bucks, but, and, and you know, so really it's Evans and Godwin, other two that you're worried about. And you have, I mean, I guess Tyreek Stevenson is still, he was always on the outside. I don't know what I was about to say, but he played well, but now he's like really going to get tested. So, I mean, maybe you can get away with losing your nickel corner for this week, but, or your slot corner, whatever you want to call it, but still not great. Still not what you want. Uh, but one thing that I want to bring up, how do you want the running game to function this week? Do we want Rashawn Johnson for the majority? Yep. I think we do, right? Yep. That's RB1, man. <laughs> it's funny that it took us a week to, to get to that point, but like... We thought it would take multiple weeks. I, th- I, I, I didn't think it happened in the first year. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, and look, I was... You know, when Roshan, when Roshan Johnson was drafted, right, mm-hmm. like... I wasn't that excited by the pick just because I thought his role would be different. You did bring up, though, at the time, the possibility because you, I think I think it was you, we talked about at least, the fact that he was behind Bijan Robinson, who went obviously in top 10 and looked awesome in week one, but that people had raved about Roushan Johnson as a guy that was just as explosive and was just as talented. But, you know, it's just that Bijan was on this, ultra mm-hmm. upper tier that is like, you know, seems to be all the hype is worth it. But that Roshan Johnson was also really good too. And, you know, something that stuck out to me was like <laughs> Nick Costos on Monday was like, yeah, Roshan Johnson's your best running back by far. And that guy has been watching and analyzing football for 20 plus years. So it's like, and, and I agree because like Cleo Herbert is great as like a gadget, big play threat, but Roshan Johnson's a man. <laughs> like he's a man. Like and it shows, and I I love like all the bands on the arm. That's always 
awesome to me. Like it's just whole like this makes sweatpants. You, yeah, like just Plus makes you like ten in intimidation. Yeah, one hundred percent. I love it. Does it too. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, obviously we want the passing game to take a step and a leap this week. But I think if you want to set up the run, I think Roshan Johnson's your best option. You want to talk about guys, man? You want guys who are difference makers. Like, is Deonta Foreman a difference maker? Is he good? Yeah. He had a couple first down runs. Yeah. Like, that's a guy you're going to use and he'll, he'll be effective. Khalil Herbert? Yeah. Like, big play threat, screen passes, right? Like, he's the primary target on those plays or some, you know, particular passing downs with your running back. Like, yeah. Difference makers, tone setters, right? Got guys who win you football games. Roshan Johnson might be that guy more than Deonta Foreman and Khalil Herbert are. Like, we saw that when when he's running over Green Bay Packers players for a first down. Like, yep. those are the plays that you need when he's pass blocking extremely well as a, as a, as a you know, as a fifth round or whatever, fourth rounder? Fourth. Fourth round rookie, right? Like, those are the types of players that you need on offense. Those are the types of guys that you want uh, in that first drive when you talk about setting a tone in the first drive. Like, that's how you get it. And I think, like... I, I, I truly do think he'll be RB1. I, I think he'll show up and he'll be out there with the first unit and the first play of the game. Like, uh, Matt Eberflus is just so keen on all of these different things, at least we believe, right? Like I just mentioned with the hits and the loafs and all of that stuff and, like, mm-hmm. setting a tone and, like, energy. And I, and I think he's just a guy that embodies that. And that's not new. That's something that they've talked about from the moment they drafted him, they said, we believe that this guy is, you know, great character guy, great teammate, great locker room guy that we believe is going to be, I believe they termed it foundation of the franchise. Like mm-hmm. that, that's the types of phrases that were going around Roshan Johnson. Um, so if he's the foundation of franchise, franchise, then he should be RB1 on Sunday. So yeah, with the running game, I mean, I don't, like it, it was hard to evaluate that. Like, the running game wasn't terrible. Like, that wasn't the problem. Like, no. it wasn't like they had a problem setting up the run game and that didn't set up the pass. Like, like uh, they actually ran the ball relatively effectively. Um, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. This, uh, this Tampa Bay defense, when you're talking about their ability to stop the rush, they were they were a top four defense. They're a top, oh, wait, I'm looking at the wrong stats here. Seventh in opponent yards per rush last week. Uh, wow, the the 28th in opponent rushed play percentage. So the Vikings are rushing very, you know, uh, sparingly, obviously, because they throw a ball a ton of that offense over Kirk yep. Cousins. 13th in opponent rush yards per game. The Vikings only ran for 92 yards against Tampa Bay. So this is a pretty good rush defense, actually, uh, in Tampa Bay. And we know that they have some big bodies up front mm-hmm. with Vita Vea and uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or not Elijah Vera Tucker, sorry, Kalijah Kansi, uh, who is our big guy we loved in the draft from Pittsburgh. You know, they have some guys up front, and then their linebackers, of course, are one of the best linebacking units in the NFL. So they're going to get after it. So honestly, like, I, I just don't think that. Like, I think Roshan Johnson will be out there, but the game plan is not ground and pound. The game plan is not let, let's establish the run. Like, I, it just can't be the game plan. Right. Yeah. I know you have to make a, a statement, like we've been saying the whole time. Like, you have to go out there and punch him in the mouth and set the game tone right away. Uh, all right. Do we actually think any of this is going to happen? I do. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, we're going to hear Luke Getze talk, I think, tomorrow on Thursday. And, I mean, he's going to get asked these questions of like, 100%. You, know, you know, I mean, the first question is going to be asked is what, why did, why, <laughs> why did why, you do that? What happened? And then the next question would be, are you going to change it for this week? And I th- like, 
I have no idea what he's going to say. Like, Neither do I. It has to be something, though, where it's like, yeah, like we're, we're going to go more vertical. Like, he has to say that, right? He has to say it. Has to. And, I, like, sure, advantage over the opponent by disclosing things. Sure. All, all, like, does it really matter? Like, do, does it? Like, I mean, if you're Tampa Bay, you're probably kind of expecting it anyway. Like, it, like I don't want, like, that's one of the things I hate the most when, like, Oh, we're we're not going to say anything because we don't want to we don't want to give the opponent an advantage. Like they these teams have enough people in the building and are smart enough to know what you're probably going to do anyway. Anything that you say in a press conference isn't going to change the course of the game. Like I'm sorry, it's just not. Like it, in the event that they really are not telling the Buccaneers about the Kyler Gordon injury, like that, like they probably know. You had a cast on his hand after the game. That guy's not going to play on Sunday, probably. You know, like it, and even if he does, like it's not that much of a difference that's going to change the course of the game. Like, I would rather them just be honest, and I'd rather him just be humble and and and, and have some humility uh, and, and you know, just say, look, man, the game plan last week was unacceptable. The game plan was terrible, and it's not going to look the same this week. We're going to do some vertical passing. We're going to go down the field. And maybe if you tell him that, if you do want to do the whole competitive advantage thing, maybe then at that point the Buccaneers hear it and they, you know, and, and they say, all right, we're, we're, this is what they're going to do. And then they play their safeties deep and they play a lot of cover four and they leave the flats open and you get guys like DJ Moore the ball with you know a lot of open space. Maybe maybe that's what they do, right? But I do think Luke Etsy's going to change something this week. I, I just can't believe that he would be stubborn enough not to do it. Um, and I and I and if they don't, like again, like it's the same. It's the same problem that we have that we had rather with you know Trubisky and that staff of the back yep. and forth of who's to blame. Do they not trust the quarterback? Yep. Right? Like like what's going on here? There's no clarity. Um, so I just think they they just got to man. They just they gotta send it. They gotta they gotta make take the shots and Justin Fields has to be in Luke Getz's ear and Luke Getz has to be in Justin Fields' ear and say, "Hey, man, I don't like Justin Fields is an aggressive quarterback with the ball typically too. Like his next gen stats and aggressiveness, like last year, were like, and even his first year in the league were you know up there in the upper echelon of the league as far as him trying to fit the ball into tight windows. Like I don't think the issue is Justin Fields not willing to throw the ball to guys down the field. Like that hasn't really mm-hmm. been the issue. It was an issue last Sunday, but I don't feel like that's a constant theme in his game. Um, but yeah, man, you just got to send guys deep and. To reference the bear, man, like this should be on, this should be the great TV show. I finished season two a couple weeks ago. Like such so a good. good, like so Fantastic. good. Um, unbelievable. But like the on like on the game, on on the play sheet should be let it rip. Like that should be the phrase. Like, Justin, let it rip, man. Like if the guy like just let it rip. We're gonna send guys deep for you. They're gonna be open. We have good playmakers on offense now. Like you have guys who can make plays for you. You don't even yeah. have to worry about throwing them open. Like they're gonna be open. Let it rip. That's the that's the term. That's my key of the game. Cliche. Let it rip, Justin. And I think Luke Etsy is gonna let him do that. I I hope. Maybe I'm just optimistic as hell, probably. But like just let it rip, bro. All right, I want to talk about the defense really quick before we get into our bold predictions and regular predictions, and then we do our score predictions. There's a lot of predictions. Um, Anyway, I want to talk about the defense really fast. It is Baker Mayfield. It is Todd Bowles. It's a not super intimidating offense until you look at the receivers. Like Mike Evans looked really good. So it's you have to definitely try and jam them more, mm-hmm. right? Like like way more than you did against Green Bay. Like you have to have Jalen Johnson 
on Mike Evans like he's paint on the side of a house. You, I mean, obviously can't leave Chris Godwin to just roam either. Like there definitely has to be a shift in the defensive game plan as well, 100%. You have to make Baker Mayfield uncomfortable. And Baker Mayfield doesn't really run particularly well. Not, I mean, he, he's mobile, but like, you know, he's not taken off on you. So you should be able to make him uncomfortable and get after him a little bit more than you did against Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, you have to. I mean, we talked about it on the post-game show. Um, find ways to to bring pressure. Obviously, we know the guys up front aren't going to do it that much. Yanni Gingakwe is going to do his thing. Um, but you don't trust those guys to get consistent pressure. So, you know, have some creative looks defensively. Send Jaquan Brisker. Send, you know... Jalen Johnson on a corner blitz or something like I like I don't know do do something creative you got to find ways to get pressure on this guy you just have to like Baker Mayfield looked fine he can win you some games he won you that crazy game with the Rams last year right like he can win you some games but this guy can't destroy you under pressure this not this guy's not gonna pick you apart. If you, if you put some pressure on him, maybe if he has a clean pocket and all data throw, he might be able to do some things because he's got some really good receivers. But if you if you get this guy flustered, like that is a player who crumbles. Like Baker Mayfield, yeah. the story of his career is he will crumble. Like he will, if he makes one mistake and you continue to send the dogs over and over and over, it will pile on. And this is the opportunity to be three, four takeaway game if you yeah. do that from the jump. And that's what they have to do, man. Give, and, and like we said last week, give Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter the opportunities. You have no reason not to. The guy up front aren't getting any sort of pressure so that's the game plan for me defensively like you, you got to find ways to get Tremaine Edmonds in the backfield I mean that's one of the you know the more versatile players in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball I mean all they were able all they were doing on Monday Night Football was was talking about how the Bills were going to be uh with on, de- on defense without Tremaine Edmonds like yeah. uh, the amount of times that was brought up is like filling the shoes of Tremaine Edmonds and all those things like this is a guy who is so integral to your defense and he played fine last week he had two tackles for loss again he looked okay in the past uh on past defense but like Get this guy into the backfield, man. Send him on some blitzes. Like, do some creative things, please. Because if you just leave your guys in zone or you leave guys on an island with time to throw with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you're going to get beat. Like, yeah. Jalen Johnson's a good receiver, but Mike Evans is – or Jalen – receiver. Jalen Johnson's a good corner, but Mike Evans is a better receiver than Jalen Johnson is a corner. You know, same with Tyreek Stevenson and Chris uh, and Chris Godwin, right? Like, obviously, right. Tyreek Stevenson's a, uh, a first-year rookie and Chris Godwin's a veteran in this league, a Pro Bowl receiver. Like, you can't let those guys be on an island against uh, against two of the better receivers and one of the better receiving tandems in the NFL. So you got to get pressure on Baker Mayfield. And the theme for me last week on, def- on defense was no takeaways, right? Yep. Nothing. No no attempt at it, right? Like, very barely any passes defended, right? Like, nothing. No takeaways. Weren't going after the football. Didn't look aggressive. That's the marking and the making of this defense, man. That's what this. That's the foundation of this defense. We might let up a lot of yards, right? You yeah. know, and, and, and that's fine. I don't give a shit if you're the twentieth, you know, worst uh, run or pass defense in the league from a yardage standpoint. Who cares? The Chiefs were probably like that last year, but they get takeaways. They make plays in the biggest situations. They prevent you from scoring in the red zone. Those are the things that matter. Those are the things we need to see on Sunday. Get some takeaways. If you win the takeaway battle on Sunday, you win a game. You win this game by seven. You win this game by ten. I truly think. If you that. do it early too, I mean, Baker Mayfield historically, like he has meltdowns. He'll unravel. Like if you could force a first half, first quarter interception or fumble or something, he'll spiral. 
Like Baker Mayfield will completely fall apart, and then you know it, the game is yours for the taking at that point. So I agree with you completely. Like you need to force some turnovers, force some takeaways. All right, let's get into it. Bold predictions, Kev. Oh, it's hard. this is a hard one. You know what I mean. This this is a hard one. Uh, I don't even remember what my mine were last week. I they were not whatever they were. They didn't happen. Yeah, they they, they, they rarely happen anyway. We but, should probably uh, track track these the rest of the way. We probably should. Yeah, you want to track them? All sure. Right. I'll, I'll put I'll put them on the Instagram graphic. Also, Jake is one to know already. Some somehow some way. Sh- shocker! Can't can't believe this. Longtime listeners of the show will not be surprised by that at all. Um, I think Robert Tunyon scores a touchdown this week. Last would lo- week would like to see more of Robert Tunyon in this game for sure. I gotta check the snap counts from last week. I thought I saw something that said Robert Tunyon had four snaps last Sunday. It's not great. Don't know if that's true. Um, who is it? That, is it Fishbane or Leisure that usually does? Uh, yeah. The, the snap. Can, can you can you be on the Bears Bears Nation podcast research team for me um, about how many snaps Robert Tunyon played? Just kidding. I found it. I'm just faster than you. Uh, four snaps. It's not great. Robert Tunyon had the same number of snaps as uh, Trent Taylor. He had one less snap than Mercedes Lewis. He had three less snaps than Kari Blazingame. Maybe that's another thing. Kari Blazingame only seven snaps. I mean, when you signed this guy, when you brought Luke Etsy in, all this talk was, you know, Kari Blazingame's the you know the difference maker of this offense, right? With, with, with you know, with with all this about you know the the eye formation and the different things we're going to run and his power, you know, you know outside zone off and you know all these different things. Seven snaps, nine percent of the snaps. Interesting, but anyway, Robert Tunyon. Yeah, he was kind of dealing with an injury. Maybe that has something to do with it. He should be fully healthy this week. Um, this is a guy who is so versatile. He's a decent blocker. He's a great pass catcher. Great red zone threat for you, right? I mean, they tried to target Cole Komet one on one. It didn't work last week. Why? Why is this guy not in the game more? I don't understand. I think maybe it's a health thing. I think they're going to get it. Uh, get him in the game. He's basically a wide receiver in the past game. Like he's kind of that build. He wears number eighteen. Like what? A, what? That's not a tight end number. That's a wide receiver number. I think Robert Tony is going to get utilized this week. I think he's actually a, a significant difference maker in this offense in the ways that they can use him. And even if he's lined up as a as a you know uh, as a blocking tight end, they can check something and flex him to a wide receiver based on the d- defensive alignment. Like he's just that versatile. Robert Tunyon, going to get in the end zone, going to be a difference maker. That's my one bold prediction. I will say I, I agree that Robert Tunyon, when he was signed, like we were excited. And, and it was because, oh, well, even if even if Cole Komet doesn't live up to expectations, you know, you have a fallback plan. And, and this was before Cole Komet got the contract extension, obviously. But Robert Tunyon's a good fallback plan. You know, before he tore his ACL, he had all these receiving yards, and he looked awesome. And last year was still good but not great, but he was recovering from the ACL, da 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 and so you definitely have way more options if you have him on the field more. And I agree with that. I would love to see Robert Tunyon uh, involved way more. I'm going to go defensive. I'm going to say that come Monday morning, the words either locally or nationally have at least been uttered of Jaquan Brisker, defensive player of the year conversation. Oh my! I'm going to say he has an interception and a sack, has an unreal game. And not that he's going to win, not that he's going to be at the top of the odds board, but just that people start to say like, oh, could be, you know, in the conversation or could be, you know, somebody to watch going forward. I think Jaquan Brisker has a sack and an interception and is one of the biggest players of the game once we talk about this game on Monday. It would probably have to be a pick six for him him to be in the conversation. I mean, that, I mean, 
Man, I hope you're Pro Bowl. Can we do Pro Bowl? We'll do Pro Bowl. Defensive Player of the Year is outrageous. Sack and interception combo, though, no. from a safety, it's decent. Micah Parsons already won the award. Well, yes, but that's <laughs> why I'm saying he's not going to win. But yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, I I agree with that. And something about Jaquan Brisker that was going around the internet yesterday. You know, Dan and Lawrence and six seven score. Love those guys. They asked him about um, what he thought about the booing. He says, you know, I wish the fans would be a little bit more patient. We were still in the game. It was only second quarter. A whole bunch of people made a whole big thing about that. Oh, he doesn't understand. Uh, we, we, we have all the right to boo. We paid all the money. Yeah, sure, yes. The guy's a second-year player, man. Like, he's not aware of all the pain that you've been through for 38 <laughs> years. He's been here for a year in one game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, of course he's going to say that. I just sure. thought there was a bunch of people fed up about that, and it's goddamn ridiculous, man. He's a second-year player. And he's not wrong to an extent. He's not no, objectively agree. wrong. It was the second quarter. You were down one, and you were getting booed. Yeah, that would piss me off if I were a player. You know? I don't care how much money you paid. It's a one-point game. We're not, we might not lose at that point. Also, the defense wasn't the problem at that yeah, point. Yeah, the defense wasn't the problem either. He, he's not the really get the, the one getting booed. Yeah. yeah. With the offense, they held, they held the Packers to six points in the first, or ten points in the first half. It was just fine. Uh, anyway, any other bull predictions for you? Any other, anything crazy? No uh, other anything crazy. I would just like to see a clean game. <laughs> I, I can't even get my brain worked up for bold, crazy predictions. It's just just do a little bit better. But one thing that I want us to start doing every week is let's just – I like that we did it last week. Let's just predict the line for Justin Fields and, and see what happens and see what happens. I'll track this too. But, I mean, he did throw the ball. They, they let him throw the ball, what? 20 something times. Oh, more it's, than that. It was like, like in the 40s, man. Like, or it was complete. Completions was 25 for 40 or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, granted, again, back to what we were saying, it's all screen passes and they weren't true throws, but um, at, at least I guess a little bit more faith of them getting the ball out of his hands. 37. Time? I don't know. But regardless, 37. Still a step in the right direction, I suppose. So I'm going to say Fields. <sighs> Because you're going to have a tough time running the ball this week against that, you know, Tampa Bay front. I'm going to say Fields ends 22 for 30 for 217 and one touchdown. They they lose the game if that's his stat line. Probably. But if it's going to be a rock fight slugfest, because it could be a, a low scoring game hope not so i mean even even if fields only puts up this kind of whatever mediocre stat line if you want to call it like this this could very well just be a rock fight game that ends 13 10 yeah be gross but I like that, it, that's it. exactly what it could be i hope not it's kind of funny though now that you say that like if you were to take if we were to show someone you know from a who's didn't watch any of the games on sunday our podcast and have them listen to an hour of it without disclosing the score they probably would assume the bears scored zero points in that game yeah, you probably, know probably. they scored twenty points. Sure, you know, like like the Bengals scored. The, the Giants got blanked on Sunday Night Football. Like the Bears scored twenty points. They outscored half the league on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like like again, yeah, we have to recognize the significance of the loss and all that. Say it over and over and over. But that just is baked into the whole overreaction from Week One. Like they were fifteenth in the league in scoring. They're in the top half of the league in scoring. All right, they didn't get blanked by the Packers. They weren't the New York Giants. They weren't the, the freaking, you know, Bengals. So I, I just want to say that. Line for Justin Fields. 280. 31 for 44. Oh. 
They're going to throw the ball all freaking day. Three touchdowns. You always. I knew you were going to say three. You always say three touchdowns. I didn't say three touchdowns last week. I'm pretty sure you did. I don't, I don't think so. You always say three. Well, guess uh, what? Would you like this to throw rushing stats on there for Justin Fields? I'm going to say 63 yards and another touchdown. <clears throat> 72 yards. 72 yards. He's going to break a big one next week. Um, he's going to break a big one. 72 yards, 280 passing yards. Probably one of the best. Probably the best fantasy player of the week. I'll put it that way. Um, okay. I, I just and and this is this goes into the bold prediction. Uh, another bold prediction that I had. Like first drive of the game, there will be a play of thirty plus yards. Like there will be a, there will be some type of big play on the first on the first drive of the game. Like they're going to take a shot. They're going to do something down the field. I know I said that that's a possibility. I think it's going to happen. I think Justin Fields is going to have a big day. Like what if it's I, a screen I just, pass? Huh? What if it's a screen pass? Then I that doesn't count. Okay. It doesn't count. Fair. Screen passes don't count. I agree. Because I already said that. I agree. No screen passes until the second quarter. I can't, I, I I can't see it. Um, I just, like, I don't know if I have too much faith in this offense, but I, I, I've, this offense is too talented, man. Like, at least the skill players are. And the offensive line we know isn't great. But just, like, you know, if you get Justin Fields on some rollouts, if you do, the, if you don't look absolutely incompetent, if you don't make a logical plays at the goal line, this is an offense that can score thirty points. They should have done it last week. They had multiple red zone opportunities that they turned into field goals that were pretty close in the red zone that they ran ridiculously logical plays in that should have been touchdowns. Like that was an offense on Sunday that was so cool. Like I didn't feel. It, I know it didn't feel that way, but like. They were close to scoring 27, 30-plus points in that game. Agree. Like, it can easily happen. So I think this is a big day for Justin Fields. I think he does come out and let it rip. I think he's fed up. He's had enough of this bullshit. He's going to let it rip. 280 yards, three touchdowns, 72 rushing yards. Okay. And your score prediction for the game. Bears win, score. Now, don't say it like that. Because then you invalidate me. Don't invalidate me. You're Not invalidating validating. me. You okay. go first. You want me to yeah, go first? I want first? you to go first because I want to fight you. <laughs> okay. Um, I do think that the Bucks are still frauds. Oh, I still God. don't think that this is a very good team. But? But? Bears win 20 to 14. It's gonna be an ugly game. Yeah, that's that's gross. Yeah, it's gonna be a very ugly game. I mean, that's bas- that, I mean, yeah. Now, that that's that's disgusting. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world. But I mean, like, it's Baker Mayfield and this Bears team, and like, it very well could just be just a gross slog of a game. Do you walk away from the game feeling any different about the team? From my prediction? Yeah, or just just in general. Whether that prediction's right or not, there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, if you go out there and stomp them, yeah, yeah, is, is, is a six point margin enough for you to feel that way? Is a win enough? You know, maybe that's where we're at right now. I mean, just it, win. Context matters, like everything. Just win, man. But I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a must win game. But context matters. If you win three to nothing on a last second field goal, then I'm not going to feel great because that means the offense stunk again. Yeah, and the defense probably probably played better, but maybe not. I'm with you. Um, I think they win this game by more than that. Shocker. I think they I mean, come you did out, just say that Justin Fields more, gets not, three not, touchdowns. Not, not, not so. by more than that, but I think they win. I think they score more points, but okay. I also think the Tampa team scores more points. Uh, I, I think this, they win this game 27-21. Um, 
I, I think the defense is going to allow some big plays. I think it's going to happen. Uh, there's enough playmakers on that team. They have a decent offense. It's going to happen. But I think the offense of this team for the Chicago Bears is, is significantly better overall. Um, they had the better quarterback. They didn't have. They didn't look like they had the better quarterback last Sunday. Um, they're going to have the better quarterback this week. And in most instances, if you have the better quarterback, you probably win. If the be, if you're the better quarterback who plays better, you probably win the game. I think they're going to get a couple of takeaways in Baker Mayfield. I think Justin Fields is going to keep the ball clean. He pretty much kept the ball clean for the most part last week. Again, just yeah. weird fumble and you know forced interception late. Yeah. Like other than that, like things were fine as far as keeping the ball clean. Um, I think the Bears win this game 27-21, and I think we kind of come away from it feeling a little bit. More like, hey, it was week one, new team. Something to build off, Something to build. Like, what occurred week one feels less damaging at that point than it does now. Like, and, and, and that's natural. And again, it's not excusable for everything that happened and all those things that we'll say over and over and over until the end of the year. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is week one. It all, it is, it is all that. If you win week two. That's something to build on. You 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 go. F- that's the launching point. Like okay, that's behind us. We won week two. Now we now we go right. Now we go to Kansas City. That's something to build off. If you lose this game, you're you're in some serious trouble. It's not but good. I, it's really not good, especially going to Kansas City. But I think they win twenty seven twenty one. Bears win. Big day for Justin Fields. Let's do it. What's your confidence level? Um, out of ten. Out of ten. I just and it's I I just this team and they're so what's your confidence level? It, it's seven and a half, man. Oh my god! <laughs> I just he's I, back, he's back. Kevin Lafka's back. I, uh, I think that mine's been, at a firm four. Why? Because of last week, it's Baker Mayfield, man. Yeah, I know. To the Vikings. That's the reason. That's the reason as high as it is. Which team in the NFL last year, this year, did you expect to have the most regression? Oh, the Vikings, obviously. They, yeah, so that, yeah. But and they st- lost. Yeah, sure, but I'm still at a four. But I famously am the biggest pessimist on this show. And I can take it's pride un- in that. It's unsurprising. So somebody, somebody has to keep us Even if level. the Bears were 14-0, and 0, you'd be at a four going into week 15. Depending on who the opponent would be. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's always a four for you. And it's always a seven and a half for me. And that's why this show is... The, that's exactly the dichotomy oh, of this show. It's called Welcome Balance. to Bears Nation Look Podcast. It up. Uh, all right. This has been Bears Nation Podcast. Thank you to all the viewers, all the listeners. You guys are the best. We say it every week. We mean it. Thank you. As always, we'll be back on Monday to break down whatever it is that we see in this game. Hopefully, it's a win. Hopefully, it's an improved offense. But no guarantees. And that's why you watch the games. So we'll be back on Monday to break it all down with you guys. And until then, for myself, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. And as always, bear down.